Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about awesome. Yeah. Aaron, what was the last awesome thing that you did? Well, aside from playing that game, uh, the last awesome thing I did, let me ponder that. Oh, rearranging my room. I feel pretty awesome about that. You should feel awesome about that. Your room looks great. Thank you, man. Um, uh, I, I don't trip over stuff now. For those of for those of us that are not watching the video version of the podcast, give us a short little audio tour of what you've got set up there all around you. What surrounds you currently? Um, well, I've got uh, the Amiga 1000 back there, and then right in front of it, I've got the Amiga 1200 sitting there, and behind it, which you can't see, is the is the uh, C64 uh, Ra- Raspberry Pi gimmick. Uh, you know that shtick. Uh, on the shelf about directly behind me is the Coco uh, Atomic Pie gimmick. The uh, Coleco Atom is down there. I've got my uh, Pentium PC here. There's a working C64 here. Tar XEGS here. Amiga, Unamiga here. Coco here. Uh, Turbo Graphics. Uh, Super Nintendo. And my PC. Oh, an Apple. I got a lot of crap. You know, and you didn't even mention your shelf full of role playing books behind you. That's true. How many yeah, shelves is a five shelf bookcase jam packed to the gills full of role playing books? There's a lot of stuff back there. Yeah, yeah. I don't throw away much, unfortunately. So it's not. There's three shelves of role playing books, then a bunch of other wacky books that I just have accumulated over the years. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that's not counting this other shelf, which has just got miscellaneous garbage in it. Thankfully, off camera. Now, you know, you've mentioned your your vast collection of Amigas. And, uh, <laughs> you, you, and I, you know, I sent you a, a message when you showed me the picture. I was like, why do you keep that 1200 around, that yeah. nasty old 1200, when you have that bright, shiny, new, un-Amiga FPGA, the future of retro gaming? Why do you keep, you know, kind of old, moldy hardware around like that? Well, I was appalled at that statement, which I still am. And I just told you, I had I, I fired the 1200 up this week to play awesome one uh, <clears throat> because the Amiga has a, a keyboard that doesn't work that well. Uh, but uh, hey, I love I, I like all this stuff. I'd be using the 1000 if I if I could find a keyboard cord that would work in it, which is still baffling to me. Now, what what happened to your trouble. your space bar on your Amiga? It well, it's this this Amiga has problems, keyboard problems. It's got. The LEDs don't come on. This is why this was the perfect candidate for the uh, Amiga because I knew it was a dud, the dud, a dud 500. So I, j- I need to go there and clean it and stuff. I j- it's never been something I needed that much, and so I just never had bothered to fool with it. But yeah, who yeah. knows? I don't know what's wrong with it. You know. Well, Aaron, it's been a pretty busy week, so we should probably cut cut the chit chat, as it were, and dive right into all of the goings on on our YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, man, we've been rocking and rolling uh, this week. A lot of a lot of interesting stuff, I think, uh, this time around. Uh, we'll start like we always do with uh, last week's ARG Presents. 
And this is a, another in a long line of uh, wheel spins that make me want to strangle Brent. Uh, this time around, it was a Sibico Extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also covered the Sibico Classic. These are handheld uh, game uh, slash sort of PDAs from the uh, I think early 2000s that were uh, manufactured in Russia, but are definitely not Russian. If you I don't know if you if you listen to Showboat, but the uh, one of the guys that worked on this was was a uh, marketing director from VTech. right? So there's a VTech connection. Uh, here, uh, these uh, these were actually not crap. I mean, the, these were actually pretty decent little devices, but they got sort of overtaken by the cell phone craze uh, that were where cell phones became more affordable and could do more. Uh, but these were neat. They had uh, uh, messaging that you could. The, I think the message was like well, it was like a tenth of a mile, but they could message one another and they could actually bounce messages from one to the other to get increase the distance that was kind of cool so we had a lot of fun with that the games were not great but they were all free so what can you say so that was uh, something we put with this week we have an equally uh, obscure system but if you're a british uh, uk uh, historian of computers then you might recognize the nascom one and two i sure as heck didn't i can tell you that uh, I uh, had never heard of the NASCOM, but by God, we're tackling that this week on the show, so it should be interesting. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about what went down uh, last Saturday. Uh, it was a gathering, Boat. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a, it was a gathering uh, of knowledgeable, people talk about handsome men. People talk about Woodstock as one of the you know milestone events of a generation. <laughs> people will look back to the year 2020 at the inaugural meeting of the International Computer Club with the same amount of fervor. Well, I will say this, and I talked to you about it. Uh, in fact, that you mentioned on I was I was sweating this one from a technical aspect and from the fact that uh, I was I shouldn't have worried to be honest with you because the. Folks, we head in here. You know, these little these little get-togethers are made by the people that show up and talk. And we had uh, everyone that showed up. We uh, had something cool to talk about, and it went well. I was pleased with with the whole thing. Uh, International Computer Club meeting one, uh, which was last Saturday. We went about three hours, boat. Yeah. Which I I had earmarked about an hour and a half. So we actually went a lot longer than I thought. Uh, we had real good turnout. We had real good turnout in the chat. And we talked about, uh, gosh, everything from 3D printing uh, to uh, uh, Flax, uh, wacky movie poster, Raspberry Pi project. Uh, We talked about, uh, we saw Edvin's uh, man cave. We saw him live in action and his his crazy beer still. Uh, We we saw that. So we had a a great turnout, lots of other stuff. We went over like a bunch of uh, interesting stuff. So if you're interested in, in checking it out, I finally managed to get that thing up on YouTube, and it is available. Uh, three hours of, of computer talk with just buddies from around the world. It was truly an international turnout mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised. You know, the one thing that surprised me, though, we, uh, of all the people that turned out in the video, we had no one uh, from the U.K. in there. Oh. That's kind of kind of. I never even thought about that, but yeah, you're right. That, uh, that's, our, we're, that's our number one market. We didn't have anybody from the U.K. in there. So hopefully, if we ever do one of these again... Uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll get some uh, our UK buddies to pop in, but we had a good time. Uh, uh, real, I had a real good time with it. So a lot of fun. Even you stopped in for some uh, disc drive tips, boat. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I had lots of tips to give. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, here's another uh, release this week. Ask the Amigos Part Two. 
uh, I don't remember what we talked about. We did. Uh, we this was a couple weeks ago when we recorded this, but we we always have fun with these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there was anything too conversate uh, too controversial in there, boat. Um, what do you what do you want? You want to talk about this uh, amigos live banter? Is this just one of your play? Is this what what was going on here? I don't you remember this? So every is week this, is this our live show? Yeah, every week we okay. release our full uncut live show from okay, the week before. And so if you want to listen to us ramble on about nothing, have various audio problems, uh, <laughs> then, then this is the video for you, my friend. Did you, um, re- did you record all the audio for, that we just did before this show? Yeah, that's going to be so, on this week's Amigos Live. Oh, good. So people can hear my unbiased, 100% top shelf rant on San Juan Park. Yes. That'll be great. Yes. Um, oh, here we go now. <laughs> Rob Flacco here is back. With another Sprite Castle plays. I've got to tell you, I've never heard of this game, uh, Boat. Mancopter. Mancopter. Have you heard of this? Not until I listened to the to, to the episode. I just listened to it today on the way home. Yeah, I've listened I just started listening to his his Sprite Castle. But he plays Mancopter here. I, I I've gotta say, just the name alone screams eighties to me. Yeah, it does. And, like, how was this not a TV show right here? Man, <laughs> it could have been on right after Band of Mole. That's right, and right before Street Hawk. It's it, right, the Man that Hour. Right into that eight thirty time slot. So, mm-hmm. uh, catch uh, Sprite Castle plays. Uh, Rob is uh, killing it with these. I love them. It's great to see him play it, and then you get to go hear the podcast and learn about the game. So, I think this is great. Yeah, good stuff, both. Very cool. Anything you want to add to this? Uh, I do want to add that um, Rob talks about the uh, the racing genre of games. Are there any game, any other games where you actually race from right to left on a horizontal playfield? Can you think of any right off the top of your head where you can do that, Aaron? Right to left. I'd have to think about that. I mean, that's. I mean, it is. It's got to be a very, very few. I can't think. Right off the top of my head, I really can't. Can you think of any? No, I, I can't think of any either. Uh, the only thing I actually I can think of one. Uh, the the actually no, because it's not a race game. But this is a game where you do horizontally scroll from right to left. Balloon fight. When you play the adventure mode, just like the endless mode, yeah. uh, you are going from right to left uh, on that on that game. But yeah. Racing games where you're going from right to left. If you know of one, leave us a, a comment in, in the uh, the YouTube here, because uh, uh, I this Mancopter might be the only example. Mancopter stands alone, Aaron. Yep. Hey, you got it. I think think that's uh, uh that's all we got here on YouTube this week. We had a good week. Yeah, uh, I do want to give just a little preview of uh, what we talked about this week on this week in retro, Aaron. Oh yes. Uh, on this week in retro which uh, I need to pull up the correct URL. <laughs> um, we we talked about, Neil and I talked about uh, Hot Shots Racing. Have you heard about this game, Aaron? I have not. This is a, a game that's supposed to be the spiritual successor to Virtual Racing, that uh, classic Sega uh, racing game. Uh, oh, but yeah? It, yep. Uh, we talked about the human-powered Game Boy clone that's powered by your button mashes, Aaron. Man, Brent could power a city with him. I know. I, he was the yeah. first person I thought of. We yeah. talked about the Sonic Encyclopedia. There's there's going to be a new Sonic Encyclopedia, so get ready for that. 30 years of Sonic the Hedgehog and all of his friends. 
So uh, make sure you, you check out This Week in Retro for this and so many more stories. Um, we are, uh, we're available on YouTube now. Full episodes available now on YouTube on the This Week in Retro uh, channel. So check that you, out you if, you, if you like things other than the Amiga. Yeah, man. All right, Aaron. It's been a busy week. It's time to call in the big dogs, the big guns. It's time to call in the robot. All right, Aaron, we're going to lead things off here with a new live Amiga jungle DJ mix from our buddy, Ravi Abbott. Ravi is back. He's spinning those discs. And by spinning those discs, I mean he's pressing keys on an Amiga 1200 keyboard. He is playing the mix. I listened to a little bit of this. Uh, You know, I don't... This may shock and surprise you, Aaron, but I'm not the largest fan of electronic music. No. He's... this is the, I guess this is jungle, which I guess is different than other other things like garage house. You know, let me tell, tell you break something. it down for me, Aaron, because I know techno is your bag. Well, hold on, a you know it's funny you should mention this, and I mean that sincerely. Well, it, I, 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 it's you're not. I do like techno, but it's not like I'm an expert or something. We have a fellow on our Discord named HSI. Yes, Heavy okay. Systems Inc. That's right, and he put this video up this week, uh, and it was this guy talking about jungle. Hmm. Okay. Now listen, we're not from the U I know it's stunning, but we're not from the UK. Right. So I don't think jungle was a thing here in West by God, Virginia. No. Uh, so, but, uh, I watched this video and it actually, I educated me a little bit on what, on what this stuff was. Okay. You know, how, it, how it came up, you know, what they did to, you know, you know, and I say, I can't educate you, but the video could, it's a good video. I'll have to check uh, the video and, out. Yeah, it's good, and and I I guess uh, he's affiliated with this fella that is in the video. He's affiliated uh, so, with Ravi. No, no, not this, not Ravi's video, but the video I watched a little bit. Oh, jump. okay, okay. Ravi's affiliated with no. He's he's a man that stands alone. He does. You know, he's and and he's spinning discs. He's spinning floppy discs, mm. dude. That's what he does. Mm. He's scratching them too. But yeah, <laughs> uh, this <laughs> good stuff from Ravi. He's always he's always uh, dropping the good tunes. But yeah, I learned about Jungle, so thank you, HSI. Appreciate that, man. Next up on the docket, Aaron, there's a new Amiga port of the popular C64 game, Dodgy Rocks. <laughs> um, I so love the name. This is uh, actually, I don't know if that's true or not. That might have all been a lie. I think that this was originally a C64 game, but I'm not sure. Um, I might be thinking of a different game, too. It's It's hard to know what I'm thinking of. But at any rate, Aaron, Dodgy Rocks is out and about. This looks really, really fun. This is one of these real, real simple mechanics, but uh, you know, it, it's a lifetime of mastery. Uh, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. This thing is out right now, faux free on the Amiga. If you want the Windows version or the Linux version, you've got to uh-huh. pay. But the Amiga version is free, and that's the way it should be. If you're going to be charging that. people, you want to charge the people with bucks. Not that's the Amiga right. people. They're all poor. Oh, yeah. So, They're poor for buying Amiga stuff. That's true. <laughs> so this <laughs> is available in both the, the ADF <laughs> and LHA files. So yeah. you can check those out. But if you want the Windows version, it's only two bucks. You know, pony up, buddy. Um, this oh, looks really fun. fun. I'm going to check it out. I may even include this on a future stream. Uh, oh, this man. is available at itch.io, uh, Nervega, Dodgy Rocks. All right, Aaron. Check this out. This thing... Remember the uh, remember the the House Five Hundred, Aaron? 
Oh, yeah, I do remember it. So right now it's functioning as your uh, your sort of coffin for your Unamiga. Uh, don't put it that way. But, but yes. uh, right now, but back in the day, I used to use it for real stuff. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and the, the big problem that I always had with pretty much all of the Amigas is the lack of an internal power supply. I just can't abide having an external power supply. It just... I think it's because I grew up with a tw- with a Atari twelve hundred XL, and then I moved on to consoles, and I just never had anything that was a big bulky log, you know, sitting around like. That's the- why you like the Coco. Yeah, that's why I like the Coco so much. I-, I will say the Atari consoles had like I've got a big beefy log over here for one. <laughs> well, I mean, were- it's it's not nearly the size of the. It's it's almost more like a wall wart size. You know, the number one big beefy one's the ColecoVision. Oh yeah, you could you could take the, <laughs> that thing and just kill a guy with yeah. that thing. Well, this guy, and by this guy, I mean Mastatabs, has developed a single board solution that allows you to connect your Amiga twelve hundred to power without an external power supply. This is a DC-DC converter module to fit in a Amiga 500 mainboard. Uh, It solders onto the mainboard, and you can use a 12-volt power jack to supply the Amiga 500. So everybody's got a billion 12-volt wall warts in a drawer somewhere. You got one of those, you get this thing, you solder it down, and you go to town. Check polarity. You you never check polarity. Vote. Listen, man. You might even want to give it a couple extra... Bits of juice, if you know no, what I mean. No, Go for the no. 24 volt. It's like a built-in accelerator at that point. So, now, here's the problem, Aaron. It, ca- yeah. it takes you through all the specifications, and then at the bottom, there's one line that says, this design has not been finally tested yet. So, Ooh. the jury's still out. And I don't know if uh, if you want to risk uh, building this thing before he gets a chance to test it, but this is totally open source. You yeah. can buy the PCB, you buy all your components, you set them down on there, you do stuff with a soldering iron, and boom, it's done. So let me let me, let me ask you a question. Okay, man. Right, because you, you just read that. Read that line again. It says, "What's it say about tested?" This design has not been finally tested. Okay, yet. now let's say you're the guy that made this design. Right, it's open. You're, it's open source. Anyone can use it. The last thing I'm going to write is. This is perfectly tested, and it won't destroy your crap. Right. Because you never know. That's right, So man. you got to write something like that down there. Yeah. That's it. Trust me. Just go ahead and build it. What could go wrong? Now, I do find that it's odd because this, this the name of this thing is Amiga 1200 Single Power. Yeah. But then it says, this is a converter module to fit on an Amiga 500 mainboard. Huh. That I don't get strange. that. That that's confusing and and makes me feel even on the circuit board it says A twelve hundred single power. So I I wonder if that was surely it couldn't have been a typo. I don't know, but we'll keep an eye on this thing. I'm sure that somebody is going to build one of these things sooner or yeah. later. And uh, if we could enter into the uh, the the twenty second century with no more external power on our Amigas, uh, I would be a very happy man. Listen, I like the way I like to power my Amiga. Step one, you get you a cardboard box. That, that's <laughs> the way you do it. Step two, order some crap from Poland, smash it together. It's a done deal. Don't forget drilling holes in the in the in the in the shoebox. That's, that's, that's the boat way. That's, you know, yeah. thinking about it, I just it just occurred to me that you made the power supply that I've got hooked up to my precious Amiga, <laughs> and you've blown up everything you've touched. So it's days it are limited, Aaron. It's yeah. days are limited. There's it's been a big week for Amiga hardware. 
there's a new A600 memory expansion that's out that switches between uh, fast RAM and your PCMCIA card. Okay, now you're on record you about this. You're on record for talking about how PCMCIA was pretty much useless in the Amiga line uh, no, for when it came no. out. You've badmouthed PCMCIA since day one on the no, Amiga. No, what? Aaron. It's not a. It's not worthless. It's better than nothing. Yeah, that's not what you said before. I'll listen. So don't put words in my mouth, boat. This thing gets rid of that useless PCMCIA jack and yeah. gives you what you really want, some fast RAM. Now, what <laughs> do you need fast RAM for? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Programs, man. Yeah. It's, Programs. Fast RAM was important. For, listen, you know how it is. Some stuff wants a bunch of fast RAM. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's true. You can never have enough. And so no. this allows you to switch between 8 meg to 4 meg. So you can actually yeah. you can actually downgrade your RAM if eight meg is just too intense. Well, there's a reason for that. What is it? I, 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 my guess is I think I read this uh, is that see the PCMCA slot it, it can interfere with certain bits of hardware in there, mm -hmm. and so there's a there's a it, it, you you need a little like override gimmick to make sure that it's not going to be any issues. And so that's probably why that's there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's just a guess. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of text on here about how this is, uh, it opens the door to running WHG load games. But I always yeah. thought that a 600 with a two meg chip Ram, uh, you know, trap door expansion could, could run WHG. Maybe it just speeds up so the WHG load process. You, you need, you need a pretty, I mean, WHG loads do require some extra Ram. So two meg is not enough. I mean, for some of the stuff you might run it, but not for like everything. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That. that makes sense. Yeah. You can check this thing out over at Retro Passion. No, that's that's in fact that's the name of the the store. The actual name of the URL is AmigaPassion.co.uk. Retro Passion. I There's like all that. kinds of passion flying around this yeah. website. Here. Oh man. Here's what here's what I think. I think this guy he wants to sell Amiga junk, but he had this cool idea for a logo in his mind. He's yeah. like, man, I can put, I can make the side of the R an arcade machine. It's going to be awesome. I like it, man. And I'll yeah. call the site Retro Passion, but really, I'm selling Amiga stuff, so I should probably call the site Amiga Passion. He may make other stuff though. Listen, you know, if he does, we're not covering it. Well, <laughs> good for you, Retro Passion. Follow your heart. Don't listen to boat. Coming up next, Aaron Green Thang. I love it when when slang is spelled out on game titles. It's one of the yeah. best things ever. You and hate it, don't you? This is an unreleased game that was oh. uh, unfinished. It was in the prototype stage, and it's recently been uncovered. This comes to us from Neil, our buddy over at Indie Retro News. Oh, yeah. Um, Green Thang was originally supposed to compete against the likes of Zool and uh, Brian the Lion and all those kind of late release I guess Zool is not a late release game, but all of those 2D platformers that that came came out on the Amiga. And yeah. I've got to say, Aaron, this one does not look bad. I mean, it is a hideous mess, but I mean, it's a platformer on the Amiga. What's it's, not done? Yeah, the, you've got you've got all the ingredients. You've got wildly, you know, derivative physics. You've got an insane sort of like vomit rainbow gradient on the background. You need to have that in an Amiga platformer. I think it looks good. And the, you've the got background. tons and tons of tons of collectibles. So I really have no idea why this thing didn't come out. I mean, it's it's got all of the it's got all the ingredients. Uh, you can play this thing uh, if you go over to let's see where is this? Actually, you can download it directly to the uh, from Indie Retro News site. Um, I guess this thing was supposed to come out in 94, uh, yeah. but they put the kibosh on it. It was actually supposed to even get a Jaguar port. Um, but uh, when the 3D 
wave started to crest, uh, yeah. I guess the the developers or the the publishers wanted to pull out and focus their their attention on more forward looking genres. So Green Thing never saw the light of day until today. Aaron, I may give this a shot. Maybe it's not so yeah. bad because your snarkery is you're you're undermining what these guys have done. They've taken this game that never got released. I think the background looks cool, by the way, and and they're giving this thing life. This might be a fun game. It's not finished, so it looks pre- for a not finished game it looks pretty good. You should give this a fair shake before you put the bad mouth on it, Boat. All right, all right, maybe you're right. That's going to do it for this week's news, Aaron. The gamble train is pulling away, and now it's time to talk about awesome. Yeah, finally. I've been waiting a long time to talk about this game, Boat. As you know. How long have I been pitching this game? I mean, it was one of the first games I ever pitched for the show. It was. You're like, we've got to play awesome. And I was like, I'm never playing a game called awesome. Listen, you don't take, if you're going to name your game awesome, you know it's good. You'd have to be an idiot to name a crap game awesome. You'd get killed in the press, right? So you, that right there, I don't have to even finish this. This Look at this thing. It's it's just awesome. That's all I had enough said. But I'll go ahead and do it. Okay. For the sake, because I don't have to be brief here. So, awesome is the name of the game, released in 1990. Listen, if you look at this thing, you know straight up that this is a Psygnosis joint. You do, don't you both? from day There's one. No, yeah, developed by Reflections. These are the these are the uh, same outfits that got together and put out uh, Ballistics, Brian the Lion, of course, and the Shadow of the Beast trilogy boat, Reflections. These guys had the jack, mm-hmm. in my opinion, certainly from a graphical uh, perspective. Uh, this came on three discs. This came now. I'll tell you something. The, this game's sort of famous for its. It's got the old oversized box. Yeah, right? this is now, a. Uh, it almost kind of looks like an old school board game box. Yeah, it's sort of like this. It's a little bit. It's probably right about maybe a tiny bit bigger than like an Odyssey Master. You know, like a, a Quest for the Rings mm-hmm. box. It's about that size. I believe this game came with a shirt. Uh, yeah, back. One, it's probably one of those so. Came with a shirt. Uh, now, I will say, I did see, when I was trying to price this, uh, a normal size box version of this. So, apparently, I don't know if they also released that. They did, because that's what I pulled down for the box art for for uh, that we see here on the video. I've got oh, there the you go. Yeah, box. I didn't see yeah. that. So, yeah. So, I guess we had at least two different boxes on this one, Boat. I kind of like to have the big box, but we'll get into it. I'll tell you why I'm not later on the show. So, uh, this was, this was uh, put out by the usual suspects over at Reflections. You've got uh, Cormac Bastone, who worked on Shadow of the Beast 2 and 3 as a coder. Uh, Martin Edmondson, who worked on Ballistics and all the Shadow of the Beasts as a coder. Uh, and the graphics were uh, you know, the exact same guys. The music on this was done by a guy who did the music on Shadow of the Beast 2 and 3. And his name is Timothy Wright. Uh, he also did uh, Killing Game Show, which is another game we'll have to get to at some point. I always like that one. Uh, and, uh, of course, the logos, the lettering were Roger Dean. The cover art was a guy named John Harris. The cover art's uh, the box, awesome. Yeah, the box looks cool. Everything about this game exudes coolness. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what Psygnosis did. Yeah. They were super, super cool. Yeah, regardless uh, of the quality of the game, the cool factor on all Psygnosis games is off the charts. And Psygnosis games, they've got to be some of the most collectible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, we you know, we talk about how the, speaking of the Odyssey too. Like, even if the game looks like double-baked garbage, like, the actual boxes were awesome-looking. Mm-hmm. And so they're collectibles. Heck, the boxes. Same thing here. So uh, this worked on the ECS OCS. Now, Boat, here's some stuff I didn't know. I didn't realize this got ported. Uh, I was surprised to read this. 
there was an Atari ST port of this. Uh, and there was also a port to the FM Towns, Ooh, but, which you know, interesting. A, yeah, so that might be kind of fun. And the FM Towns, by the way, and the FM Towns Marty uh, had really good sound and stuff too. So they were actually sort of in the same ballpark as the Amiga, not you know in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also part of a one classic uh, compilation, the Monster Pack Two. So let's talk about what is awesome. The game starts off with a with a uh, classic Psygnosis intro. Uh, video boat. Now, I don't think you did. You skip this, or did you actually say? I don't oh think no, I watch. I never skip Psygnosis intros because oftentimes that's the best part of the game. <laughs> um, this I, I, I would badmouth you, but I'm not going to. So, what did you think of this awesome, awesome intro? It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's only now apparent to me how often I call things awesome when reviewing yeah. this game. Yeah. Um, but it it was very well done. I thought the CGI was great. I love the physics, like. There's a ship that that comes out of the um, the 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 way that the ship does propulsion is just really really crazy. Like it's hiding behind an asteroid and it just sort of pops up and starts firing. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of the uh, the intro cinematic on this for sure. Yeah, it looks real good. And then when the actual game menu pops up, it kind of unfurls this beautifully rendered sort of like a pinkish red glowed star field mm-hmm. and it puts and it puts the name up there and cool guy letters and then it sort of shows the menu options all cool guy and the music kicks up these guys had it down when it comes to presentation i mean yeah. say what you want about their game uh of course the menu items were actually pretty there wasn't much to it you could turn uh sound effects and music on or off and you could also turn off the end sequence which much like shadow of the beast when you die in this uh, they've got a cool guy. Wow, wow. It's not that the music's yeah, not that good. It's <laughs> it's it's more. Uh, it's do do That's the music, but it's it's still a guy like looking up in space, going like you know, wonder what's going on. It's pretty cool. You turn that sucker off though once you watch it once. Yeah. That's that's what I always do. So what is this game? Well, even I didn't know until I looked into it what exactly was going on to set this game up. Right. So and th- and you're in command. Of the uh, starship uh, Elapade, El- maybe you can pronounce this E L A P I D A E. I got nothing. So yeah, hey, listen, why couldn't you call it the starship? You know anything else? I don't know why you had to go there. <laughs> so this game's actually got a pretty. I've read the whole manual for this to get to figure out what was happening. It's actually kind of neat. So your ship, and this is sort of shown in the opening video. You're in a a, a star system called the uh, Octara starship system and you're there your ship goes around like just basically goes around the galaxy trading and stuff and the people in the in the area uh, are have angered they basically there are some there's some people that don't like the people in the octarian system and they're called the homicons okay okay and so your ship accidentally overhears this uh 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 I guess like a communication from the from the Homicons who are like, yeah, these guys won't trade with us, so we're going to blow up their whole galaxy with a special weapon called the Promethean Cannon. Mm. Right? Cool name, right? Yeah, I like that. So you're like, okay, because you were only here to trade, right? And you and in this system, fuel is at a premium, okay? And you can't buy fuel. All you can do is do jobs to get fuel. You got to do the job, boat. So. The plot of this game, believe it or not, is to 
at, for, initially get to a get to a place like a, a space station where you can get jobs, and then to eventually earn your way out of the star system before the galaxy gets blown away by the Homicans. All right, that's the plot. You probably okay. didn't know that, did you? you no, may have read I had it. no idea. So basically, yeah. you're just trying to get enough cash so you can get far away so you don't get destroyed. Right, and as an added bonus, I kind of like this. Uh, you decide that since, because you heard this communication, like, and you weren't supposed to, so you could go warn all the uh, Octarians that their galaxy is getting ready to get blown up, but you decide not to because it would drive up all the prices. It would drive it to make the, it make the gas too expensive to leave. Mm. So you just keep that little information to yourself. Um, so with that, you're thrust into the game. Now, uh, the uh, opening sequence of the game where you're watching the video, there's a ship that rolls through and blows up another ship. That's actually the ship you're driving. So when this thing starts out, it starts in like a uh, uh, overhead view of the ship. And the best way I can describe this first level, it's sort of like it's sort of the same. Imagine if you were playing Time Pilot, but the ship in Time Pilot was seven or eight times as big. That's what your you've got that your ship's always in the middle of the screen, and the whole screen, everything else scrolls around. Yeah, your ship is not exactly in the middle of the screen. I'd say it's like yeah, you're, it's a little lower. Yeah, a little lower than the middle. Yeah, uh, and it, but it's big. It's cool looking too. And so in the very first level, you're basically being attacked by these by these pirates, I believe. And your go and your goal is to blow them all away with that, taking as little damage as possible. And they will drop these little like discs that you can collect, and those come into play later uh, in the game. Uh, once you, and you, the the game looks nice. You're in space. You've got a radar screen at the bottom of the screen. You've got a pretty what I would say minimalistic, uh, you know, thing that shows you how many enemies are left, what your score is. Uh, your shields. It's not. It, it, this isn't one of those games where they take up half the screen with like the name of the game or anything. Right. Um, scrolling on this is nice. Uh, this sort. This this first level and the and the uh, second level sort of remind me in a weird way. If you've ever played, uh, if you've ever played the game, uh, uh, what's it? Cosmic Arc. Right. You know that. You know the first level. The meteors come from the left and the right, mm -hmm. and you're sort of in the middle trying to use the joystick to go back and forth. This It doesn't play the same, but the look is sort of the same mm -hmm. uh, as that. So once you defeat these bad guys, you come to a, you come to like a control panel, and this you can at this point you can change your, the amount of energy you put in your shields versus in your guns. And so this you know if your shields are running low, you can transfer a lot more of your power from the guns to the shields. Uh, that, and it does just what you think. And after that level is a second level that's very similar, except in this level you're fighting asteroids. So give me your initial impressions on this boat uh, right out of the gate, these first two levels. Your ship looks great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very well rendered. The HUD yep. is not um, overly large. It's, yep. it's exactly the right size that it needs to be. The radar I found to be very useful. Where this falls apart, where the experience falls apart, is that you spend the majority of your time flying your awesome spaceship backwards. Okay? You're in a constant retreat from the stuff that's around you. And that is not a good mechanic. Um, when you are playing a, you know, swashbuckling space pirate trader, you want to be running through this, you want to be running through space at full speed. Or 
you want it to be like an asteroids thing where you are moving throughout, you know, space and stuff is around you. But you spend 90% of your time on these levels reversing as fast as you can and blindly firing all around you. And it's it's not a good um, it's not a good experience from from any sort of gameplay perspective. Um, that said, I was able to beat it, and that forgives that that covers many sins. Um, it's you a psychosis know. game. You got past the first right, level, right? Uh, on the the second level with the asteroids, it's more the same. It, it made me question like why it's even there. Um, you know, I guess, you know, you, you have like attacking waves and you have asteroid waves. But the thing is, is that the ships that are attacking you don't really off you, the, the threat that they pose isn't so much greater than the asteroids. I mean, your main, the main thing that can hurt you in this game is just hurtling yourself into other objects. Um, and so that, it's a graphical showcase, you know, everything is drawn very well, um, but your ship is just too big. You can't have a ship that detailed and have your field of view, you know, it's like you got to choose one or the other. It's like you could either have a big detailed ship and make the gameplay different or decrease the size of your ship and allow you to move through space forward instead of just constantly reversing and moving out of the way of things that are traveling in your path. You're not wrong in some of that. Uh, um, I, you know, I, I, I really like, I like the first couple levels of this game and, and I like it mostly because of the radar. Uh, the, that's, well, that's the thing the, you can, you don't even have to look at your ship. All you have to do is look at the radar, and in fact, that's a better way to play. It's a more efficient way to play. The radar is good, but the radar should be an aid. It shouldn't be the only thing that you have to rely on, and you rely on it 100% because your field of view is so small. Well, I, I, I don't rely on it 100% because I can see both at the same time. They're, I mean, it's in a good spot. The radar is actually pretty large. It's almost as large as the ship. The radar is great. It's one of the best uh, yeah. radars I've ever seen in a video uh, game. The, uh, I, I like, I, I really like these levels. Could the ship be smaller? It could. It could be about a third smaller, but I see what they were going for here. Because what they're going for here is, is they wanted you to use the radar in conjunction with the, with the, what you're seeing. Whereas most games, you, listen, they took, a, they took a, a tried and true principle for video games and put it in this. And this, I think, what they tried to do with the radar here was to give it a different slant. All right, we we've seen the asteroid style gameplay in a million games. I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel here, uh, but I think they try. I think what they tried to do is to put the radar in, make it oversized and a graphical tour de force to make it stand out and be a little bit a little bit of a different spin. I don't know oh, if they sure. succeeded. I mean, it. they they totally you know? did that on purpose because yeah. when you look at a picture on the back of the box and you see your ship. You're like, man, that's a great looking ship. I want to yeah. pilot that thing. And yeah. if they made it small, like an asteroid style ship, you would be like, oh, this is just like, oh, I don't know if Stardust was out or not, but you'd be like, this is just another asteroids clone. So like, I know I, exactly I, why they did it. It just doesn't work. I, I think I think it works okay. It's okay. I'm not gonna sit here and, like, again. They didn't reinvent the wheel. I will say, aside from the beautiful graphics and the gameplay is smooth, the scrolling smooth, mm -hmm. everything looks cool. The enemy ships are cool looking. Uh, you've also got some good music going. You've good got, and I know that's good. a pet peeve of yours. You've got music playing while yeah. you're fighting, and it's and the music's awesome sounding. No yeah. pun intended. Uh, so, and the asteroids. The, when you get to the asteroids, the music changes. Mm -hmm. It's more foreboding. 
the asteroids, I think the asteroids level is actually better than the fighting level because it's the the asteroids don't rush at you, so you've got a lot more reaction time there to uh, to get in position to shoot them. And I think it, as an asteroid, sort of a asteroid, a real high powered, beautiful graphical asteroids clone, it's quite nice. I, I like that. So once you get past the second level, this is what really got me back in the day because the first two levels I like them; they're cool looking, but they're not gonna like. They're not anything you haven't seen before. So then uh, you get to the third level, and the ship sort of first you go in the you go in the warp, you come out of the asteroid field. The warp screen's real cool. The stars all streak by in a real cool way, and then you get to uh, the a level where the the front of the ship kind of jettisons off from the back. It splits, and so the ship is now a, a much smaller ship. Mm-hmm. And then. And the move that literally made my jaw drop back in the day, the ship turns. And so instead of seeing it above the ship, you're now behind the ship. It's an awesome effect. And the music kicks in perfectly when it happens. It's like, and then the drums kick in. And then all of a sudden you're zooming, you know, in space with a third person view of the ship. An awesome effect, uh, Boat. And the music kicks in. And then you're all of a sudden, as you're warping through space, this giant worm creature comes spinning out of the void and you're trying to shoot this thing. It's like a segmented worm. This is that kind of graphical effect that you see a lot on like uh, the Genesis. I remember seeing this quite a bit, but I mean, it was an arcade effect before that. Uh, And I've heard people compare this to a few other games, but it's pretty, it's a pretty good effect. Uh, It's a, it's it's a big segmented worm that comes at you like a space dragon or something. And your goal was to move your little ship in front of this thing Shoot it as fast as you can and kind of get out of the way as it zooms by. And then once it zooms by, it comes back. And so you can get behind it and shoot it as it goes off into the void until you eventually blow this thing apart. And it kind of shoots off in a bunch of different directions. Really cool. And then eventually your little ship kind of goes to the big planet, sort of like it did in in Blood Money. What would you think of this uh, next part, Bo? I agree with you 100% that it might be the coolest part of this whole game. Yeah, is the part where you have the saucer separation, and then you have the 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 dimensional view shift. Yeah, that is that is a super 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 cool thing. Were you expecting that when it happened? No, I mean, not at all. Because uh, I went into this blind. Dropper. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because I was I, I kept being shocked by this game because I was shocked that I could get past the first level. And I was shocked that I could get past the second level. Then yeah. when we had the point of view change, that surprised me. And then, now, I mean, this is a blatant space harrier ripoff. That's that's space what it is. Harrier, yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's, and it's not particularly well done. There's only one enemy. It's a dragon. You know, it, you shoot it as it goes by. You shoot it as it goes away. Um, but the thing is, is that it's a totally different type of game. It's a totally different kind of experience. That's worth a lot of points for me because yeah. you know, one of the things that I value the most in any game is a certain amount of variety and this game has that in spades even just you know not counting what comes after this yeah so yeah. um you know and i could get past it another yeah. another plus in my book um i really wish that this particular segment could have been longer and they would have introduced other enemies to fly at you i think they could have done a lot with scaling different types of enemies or making different types of targets, like if there were like rings you could fly through or stuff like that. Like it would be awesome 
because you got to remember that in the course of the game, you're trying to land on this planet and you're working your way towards it. You start out in deep space and you get closer and closer. It would have been great if it's like, we need to align you into the landing vector for this planet. So in addition to dealing with the space dragon, we also need you to fly through a certain number of these rings to put you in the correct alignment to land or to, to fly into the atmosphere. I will say, you know, I, I like what they did here. I, I never, I was never the, I never played Space Harrier that much, but I definitely recognized you know, what they were going for here. I think you did nail something there, which was they had, and this sort of is a story that runs throughout this game, you know. And I, as much as I like it, it's not it's certainly not perfect. And I think there were some missed opportunities here. Of course, they were they were working with limitations of space and whatnot. Certainly not technical limitations, uh, but uh, um, I think some additional use of that of that angle would have been neat. Uh, and I and because they it took them all that time to get that going, they could have done a little bit more. But to, all that said, uh, though that that level does change as you go through the game, so it's not you're not always fighting the one dragon. Sometimes you're fighting a bunch of different dragons. I have to be honest with you, I had to. I've never gotten super far, like more than to the second level. So I don't know what lies on down the line, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But it does change somewhat. So once you get through that aspect of the game. You are now landing on the planet, all right? Because remember, you're the whole. Well, point no, of this not is yet. Going, you're not landing on the planet. You're flying around in the upper right, atmosphere. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, but you're you're try you're going to land on the planet. Right. So you're you're in your you're in the ship and you're over top. You're flying like over top of some platforms, basically, and you're being attacked while you're doing it. Uh, so. This level is interesting, and I learned something this week that I never knew, which I'll get into here right now. So you're flying along. You've got an energy bar at the, at, on the side of the screen. Uh, it shows how many hits your shields could take before they go out. And there's an, a, there's an arrow that spins in the corner, and it points to the place you're supposed to go, right? And you knew all this, right, Bo? You know, well, you I mean, it, this, is, this is something that was pretty apparent. When there's an arrow on the screen, you follow the arrow. Right, right, right. But, I mean, it was... What I, well, the reason I ask is it was, it's a kind of a, you had radar in space, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is kind of the goofiest, it goes from really good radar to really stupid radar. Yeah, I agree it is. You it would is never pilot dumb. a ship like this because following this arrow around makes it kind of clumsy to get mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So once you land and you have to, this is where I had to use the Unamiga uh, no longer is because I, my spacebar doesn't work. But once you get to the area that the, arrow has pointed you to it's like a little landing area you have to hit the space bar and you'll and that's where your your man will appear as you go into another a different type of level uh but this level here is pretty i think this was another missed opportunity to be honest with you uh the fight to get to the planet it could have been a lot cooler than it was it was it just sort of this is probably my least favorite part of the game is just is the landing part of it just because i don't know it's just not that interesting to me what did you think of this part yeah, it's more of the same. It's it's the first level again with less like impending doom, um, and all you're doing is flying to the landing spot. I agree with you that this was a missed opportunity. They should have reworked the mechanic to make it different somehow. And I don't have an answer on how, but I mean it's you are flying. It is different than the first level in that, you know, your ship can fly and, you know, you're pointed in different directions. It's yeah. actually a little bit more fleshed out, really, the flying it mechanic. Feel, 
it doesn't feel like the first couple levels. It's a it's it's supposed like more standard flying game yeah, type stuff. Yeah. But it, it, but by that I mean it's just. But it's all, I mean, all you have to do, and of course, you know, I'll tell you, there's a, a very exact point where I was unable to progress in this game. But um, oh, I, I felt I like <laughs> I felt like I was just you know when you get to this level, you know, you just fly, you follow the arrows, and you hit the space bar and you land. Right. That's correct. And so this is where I have made a mistake for decades. All right, I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm going to credit the guys that run over at Lemon, uh, the fellow that does the videos, uh, uh, he showed me something I've never known. So when you land your ship, you're now on foot. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you're what you need to do is run through these platforms to get and, and run through them as quick as you can because you're on a timer. And you got and you get to the end boss, blow them up, and that's how you access the the part of the game where you get to do the trading. Okay? So this this part here is real hard, okay? This is the hardest part of the game by far. By, I mean, not even close. And what you have to do is basically memorize the enemy patterns on this. And trust me, you'll memorize them because you'll do it about 30 times uh, when you get here. And because every time you get hit, you lose some time, and eventually... Well, you all... You, yeah, and then, of course, you you lose time no matter what, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's a clock going down, and you lose time if you get hit, and the, you don't have a whole lot of time anyway. Right. Right? And so when you lose time, you die, okay? Now, I remember playing this over and over and over and over and over and over. And it was a very rare event where I could get to that end boss. And it was even rarer that I could kill him. The end boss is sort of like, he's a dra- sort of this dragon guy that's mm-hmm. over a platform. You have, to sh- you have to shoot him out. You know, just shoot him until he dies. Um, and because I would land on the planet and have like, I don't know, 30 seconds of time. And you're going. It's just not. This isn't just like you're walking down the street. I mean, this is a. You're going on tour here, aren't you, boat? You are. You on, got. On you got a lot of ground to cover. And this is where they sort of. This part of the game, they sort of go into the. This reminds me of again. We go into that blood money slash, shadow of the beast area where they just have these kind of enemies that just kind of pop up out of nowhere and they spin around in patterns, which I, I never have liked that. Uh, it's not as bad as say that, but I mean, you know what I mean. It's oh yeah, kind of, it's it, your typical, you know, agony uh, shadow. What would have been a lot cooler is if they had like guys coming out on the platform to fight you. Well, you know? it, then it would have turned into alien sense. breed and also been awful. Well, no, no. I mean, anything's better than what they. I didn't like this. I thought this was better. I like this approach better than endless waves of enemies like alien well, breed. I'm, I'm not. I mean, cooler. Alien breed is a good game. I don't know why you're killing alien breed. It's not. But bad anyway. Either. Here's what I learned from the Lemon crew, and I would never have known this. And he even mentions it. You'll never know this. I always landed as quickly as I could on the planet, okay? What you actually need to do is to get more time. You need to stay out. You you need to not land for a long time, right? And so, (laughs) believe it or not, if you you I tested tested this, and it worked. If you mess around for a long time until you land, Uh until you're almost dead— You'll have like double the amount of time it takes you to that really? you had initially, yeah. Huh. And and then it it's let me tell you something. Double the amount of time. It's still tight, but it's nowhere near as tight as having not double the amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust me when I tell you, completing this and I've done it in the in the half time, but it is super super tough to do. Uh, so, but you can get there, but it's tough. Uh, once you actually be, beat the end boss for that stage. Uh, you go down this flight of stairs into a, a basically a static screen where you uh, get where you actually get to a terminal, and then you can do stuff. There's a lot of depth right here that probably half the people that play this never saw. Uh, this is where you set up 
your trades. This is where you add weapons to your ship, and this is where you get jobs uh, to do, and this is how you get gas, and this is how you progress through the game. I would wager, I mean, I'd bet two-thirds of the people that played this game never even get to this point. Uh, it's because of the difficulty of that of that uh, upper level. I think that's a total lie. I think you're yeah. you're way overselling the difficulty. I made it to the end and I suck. You say so you you got to the uh, to the terminal. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you credit. It I wasn't that hard. It, I always thought it was super hard. I really did. Uh, so once you get to the terminal, uh, you could also, like I said, you could also the discs you picked up on the very first level are like currency, and you can use that to buy like to add weaponry to your ship. Now, I've got a little list here. This stuff won't mean much. I'm just going to go over a couple of them. you got bombs, sp spherical bombs, a peripheral gun, lasers, bo uh, mortar bolts, mining lasers, flamethrowers, just a bunch of different stuff you could add to your ship to make the you know make it more powerful that you're going to need. Uh, you can also, like I said, pick up jobs, and the jobs will, will pay you uh, a certain amount of, of, uh, of gasoline or whatever a ship runs on, fuel. Probably not gasoline, but I'll think about it. <laughs> leaded, leaded gasoline. So this game had... Now, the, when you get to this point, you'll also then... This, uh, you can pick where you want to go next, you know? And this there's a little nav area here where you kind of pick your next destination. You've got eight worlds. The first world, that which you, we just talked about, was uh, Aquas, uh, Aquas, the sea world. You've also got the barren world, a forest world, lava world. Desert World, Organic World, Ice World, and Dead World. Now, these all have cool guy names so I'm not going to try to pronounce. But it, they run the gambit of all the different worlds you would see. If you, I've never gotten past the second level in this. So I hadn't seen a ton of this stuff. But as you go through the game, there really does. There's a lot of change-ups and gameplay elements change. The, the things you fight change. The jobs are different. I mean, there's a lot of depth here that I never got to experience. So I, was, I got real excited just reading about this stuff and, and watching people get to this other stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to report on stuff I didn't play. I, I got to the second level. I got killed. Uh, but uh, overall, I, the game's actually deeper than I thought it was, to be honest with you. What did you think about the elements involved in getting jobs, uh, upgrading weapons, that sort of stuff? But did, that, did that do anything for you? Well, I, I've been waiting to talk about this because this is where I got to in the game. Okay. So I could not figure out how to go back to my ship and go to another planet. And I tried like the Dickens to figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I bought, I sold my stuff. I bought stuff. I found the, you know, the tip on what to do next. Then I went to that planetary thing and I watched the planet spin around. Yeah. And then I stayed at the hotel and they spun around really fast. And then I clicked on buttons and I found out, you wouldn't believe how many times I read the same two paragraphs about each planet, okay? Yeah. I could not figure out the right combination of button presses and buttons on the nav and clicking on planets to actually leave the, the port. I just couldn't figure it out. You. I couldn't figure out what to do. I downloaded the manual. I read the manual. I still couldn't figure it out. It's, let me tell you something. <laughs> I remember getting to this point back in the day and I couldn't figure it out either. When I, I mean, it, was the, it's, it don't make it easy. And I will say the the area with the planets, for one thing, you can only go to planets that you can that you could actually physically fly to with the fuel you've got on board, mm -hmm. right? And so that it, which is incredibly limiting. You also have to have a job, 
it's possible you know? that maybe I, I maybe I missed the thing yeah. where I picked up a job and that wouldn't yeah. let me leave because of it. So yeah, and that's uh, that, and that would sort of determine where you go next, effectively. Uh, but the, uh, but you've got, I mean, you can't. There's there's very limited choices of where you can go. But I, I mean, I was I was so let down because I was riding this high, you yeah. know, that I, I was able to get here and all this stuff, and 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 I thought that they, you know, oh, actually, one of my favorite aspects of this game is the ambient sound of the spaceport. Yeah, this is like good, one of the earliest examples that I can think of of a game really taking the time to produce something that sounds like ambient sound. So yeah. you hear like alien chatter, you hear like you know footsteps rustling, you hear the sound of like engines whirring and things like that. It's a yeah. very impressive feat of sound design and like I said, most games when you get to the space dock, they'd probably play a little tune or something like that or just have silence. So hats off to the developers for taking the time to make that that part of the game, you know, really immersive. Yeah, the sound on this was, I mean, right across the board was top shelf, as you would expect. Something else that might help you, I didn't know about this either uh, until, I, until I read it on, again, this is another thing I got from Lemon. There's a cheat in this. Uh, when you get to the first, the first time you access the, uh, the control panel, uh, if, you, if you put your, I can't remember the exact sheet, but if you put your cursor or something and hit like... Uh, can't remember if it was. I think it was one of the function keys. Anyway, it gives you unlimited, unlimited health, and it gives you basically like the ability to skip stuff, a lot of stuff like that. So you could actually sort of cruise through the game using that a little mm. bit, which is nice. Uh, I kind of wish nice. I would have done that because as we're looking at the playthrough on this video, there's some yeah. really amazing stuff going on in these oh, yeah. later levels. And, and and trust me, I've been playing this game for years, years and years, and there's plenty of stuff I've never seen until I watched until I watched playthroughs of it. You know, it's there's a lot of stuff going on. It that's what it makes. Boy, how many times have we said that about a psychosis game? Mm -hmm. But I think this one's a game that you could actually play and enjoy, and actually have a re uh, like you. There's a, you've got a chance. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. You're not totally screwed. Yeah, uh, I think you could actually play this game and enjoy it. I I noticed uh, 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 when I was looking on Lemon for review scores and stuff. I mean, a lot of people uh, were kind of uh, k killing this game. I don't. I wonder if how many of them actually played it. For any length of time. Well, that, I mean, that's every mentioned. that's every lemon review score. Well, you don't no, know if you've me, played it or not. I read a lot of lemon scores. I mean, I I'm not as down on the lemon readers as you are in terms of scoring. I think they a lot of them are pretty fair. That's because you but, agree with most of them. This is what well, you don't agree with. This is oh no, not, no. I mean, I, I I'm not saying they're even wrong on this one, but I'm I just wonder from reading their reviews how far they actually got into the game because I think this game's got a lot to offer. Uh, and and uh, as far as a psychosis, I mean, if you look at this compared to something like a Shadow of the Beast or something, which got all the press, I think I don't think this is quite as graphically impressive as Shadow of the Beast, and the music's not quite as good, but it's infinitely more playable uh, than than Shadow, than Shadow of the Beast, at least one and two. And I think this sort of I don't know if it went under the radar because it you know it, it it didn't review all that well either, which was I was kind of surprised by that too when I read the reviews. I was like, man, I. I kind of can't believe these are these aren't that great. This is this is my favorite Psygnosis game I've ever played. You like this more than Brian the Lion? Yes, um, because it's a well put together game. I mean, is every aspect of the game a plus? No, but is every aspect of the game at least average? Absolutely, and there's just enough of uniqueness in each part of the game. To make you think, boy, they were really trying to do something different, and they succeeded. Um, you know, the, the, 
there's not too many games that contain this amount of variety of gameplay, period, let right. alone manage to hold it together and make each part control well. Like, you know, the first two levels, like, I may not agree with the fact that, like, as a, as, you know, that you shouldn't be, you shouldn't spend most of your time reversing. Um, but it controls well, the scrolling is smooth, the enemies look good, your ship looks good. Uh, when you are on the planet's surface flying around, uh, you know, it's it looks very visually appealing. Yeah, the um, planets are all different. Yeah, the planets the, are all the, different. The platforms are all different. And then uh, like when you're it's... when you're walking around on foot, uh, again, you know, the, there are some sort of cheap enemies, but they're not yes. super cheap, and there's not wave after wave after wave of them like there are on so many other games. Plus, you um, can sort of memorize them, right? And, and it's not even I could sort of do it, and I my memory's goo. Right, right. So to me. This is, I mean, I'm, you know, somebody just mentioned Lemmings in the chat. Of course, I don't think that Lemmings, Lemmings is a better game than this. But I'm talking about Psygnosis games with Roger Dean cover art. Reflections you know. games. Yeah, Reflections games. So, like, uh, Blood Money, this, uh, Shadow of the Beast, stuff like that. This is the most fun that I've had with any of those games. And I think it is, I mean, it's just the best game all around. Um, I was I was pleased to play this game. And as much as it pains me to say it, awesome is sort of awesome. You know, I, I I am as stunned as I've ever been. I was sure you were going to give this thing the 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 big boot and then the the boat leg drop. I don't know. I just assumed you would kill it. I'm so happy that you like this game. And the thing is, the the trading element. There's some. I'm not going to say it's strategy, but there's some light elements of at least mm -hmm. a, like a light role playing element or a or something in there with a little, a little bit well, of trading. It, it, it just it adds upgrades. a little bit of immersion for sure. And they could have not added any of that at all. You know what I'm saying? Because really, it's they added it, but I mean, you could not have that. Just have you get through all the levels, and no one would have known the difference. They would. They didn't have to add the weapons, the different variances on all the levels. They could have just had this thing rinse and repeat and mm -hmm. called it a day. But they really went in there and added a lot of extra, extra, extra gameplay, a lot of extra elements to the game that they didn't have to. Which I, th I appreciate it. I appreciate that stuff. Yeah. So I give this one the high sign. I'm a big fan. Um. Oh, I should mention that the the uh, the music on this also appears in an, a level of Lemmings that also mentions the word awesome in it. So, oh, okay. Uh, so that's a little a little Easter egg there. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, uh, reviews on this were I don't know they weren't the best. Uh, Lemon gives us a six point eight six. That's vote, very 68%. low. Sixty eight percent. F matic. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a crap. Frankly, yeah, I, I agree. Fond of that. Uh, Acker, A-C-A-R, gave this a 90%. Ace gave it a 900. Uh, Amiga Action gave this an 80% vote. Amiga Joker, and we know how they are, 62%. They dropped the hammer on yeah, this thing. Yeah, they hate everything. AUI, 78%. And the German mag, uh, uh, Dator Magazine, gave it 7 out of 10, uh, Boatster. They, another brutal beating. So what what did you get from the Discord? I'm sure the Discord people, they've never let me down. I'm sure some of them really love this game. Well, we did get a wide variety of reviews this week. We'll start out All with right. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. He says, a Herm firm fighting 7 out of 10. Mm. A very nice playable game with smooth animation and sound effects. A wide range of blast fantastic levels to keep you interested in wanting more. When I first started playing, I thought, wow, this is Asteroids Remastered. Later, the game turns to Space Harrier, although a poor attempt. 
Overall, a nice shoot 'em up game that will make a great Amigos high score challenge event. Mm. Pixels of Dawn writes, Initially, I thought this was just an okay shooter with a ship-centered viewpoint from something like Seek and Destroy. But it's much more than that. You go through multiple different areas and gameplay types, and you really feel like you're going on a journey. The behind the ship and on foot sequences really add some depth to the experience, and the trading elements also move it beyond a simple shmup. Graphics and music are great, and I love the warp sequences. That said... Most sections suffer from being too zoomed in, making it hard to react. The weapons feel a bit weak, and there's definitely some problematic slowdown. A fun game that warrants another look, but definitely a lack of polish. 6.5 out of 10. Uh, You could upgrade those weapons, man. Graham W. Vebke writes, For the first two levels, I thought I saw what this game was going to be like. Using that proven space shooter formula based on asteroids and Minesweeper, but attempt to make it awesome with better graphics and music. The gameplay is okay, but adding in Star Trader and Elite Elements makes this a rather confused game. The animations are fine, but the scrolling at times was vertigo-inducing. At the third level, it tries its hand at being like Space Harrier before the landing sequence, and that's really when I put this game down. It reminded me of a new working trying a new worker trying to impress their workmates with all the skills, all their skills on day one. I almost expect to see a stage of Shadow of the Beast for level 4. Please let me know if this does happen. The music is average, but overall I really didn't enjoy listening to it. The sprites are well drawn and colorful, but that doesn't save it, and I won't play this again. 5 out of 10. Oh man, burial. Jason Warns writes, Dizzying. 6 out of 10. Laurent writes, I was one of those poor souls who had succumbed to what Bodovkar would probably call the hypnotic, irrational attraction of Psygnosis artwork. After finishing Shadow of the Beast, and he, let's just pause and say, he yeah. finished Shadow of the Beast. When you said that, I was taken aback. <laughs> I bought Shadow of the Beast 2, and finally bought Awesome following a, better, a very positive review in Tilt magazine. The game presents very well, and its graphical polish is very impressive. It plays as a succession of sequences of very different gameplay. Although these sequ- all these sequences can be enjoyable on their own to an extent, except for maybe the second overhead space station sequence, which is painfully hard, they offer very little variety in terms of enemies and surprises and end up being quite tedious. The game seems to hint that Reflections had what it takes to make a more complex game than Shadow of the Beast 1 and 2, but in the end it succumbs to the same issues lack of variety and high difficulty with better level design and more variety awesome could have been awesome but in the end it's just barely average the music is great though five out of ten lack of variety come on man. you heard it here first from our come on man chris folds writes it's all right nothing special and certainly not awesome five out of ten frodo and l our final review Due to circumstances, I was only able to play this game for about 50 minutes and combine this with watching a playthrough. From this, I am left to wonder whether this title was based on what the developers were shouting when they came up with another concept to throw into the game. Let's create a 2D space shooter. Awesome! Why don't we add a 3D section too? Awesome! Elite's kind of cool. We could do something like that. Awesome! This might have worked if they had also spent some time on polishing the various sections. As it is, though, I think a more honest title would have been 
Meh. Four out of ten. They killed your game, Aaron. They killed it. I'm I'm speechless. I really am. I knew when this I'm not surprised though, because when this took so long to get approved by the committee, I was like, man, they they must really not like this game. I couldn't I I don't understand the hate for this. I really don't. It's a beautiful game. It's it looks great. The sound's great. It's varied. It's got a bunch of different gameplay elements like we talked about. I like it. I've always thought it was neat. I've always been uh, pleased with it. And I'll never forget the first time I saw it and when the ship changed angle, it blew my mind. I, th- I just think I think uh, in the in the uh, landscape of Amiga games that this is a, a, a pretty top-shelf game. I'm surprised everybody hates it so much. It's yeah. Just like Three Stooges, they killed that too, and they knew I loved it. So that's the way it goes. You just never know. You just never oh, know. I did look this up on eBay, Boat. Uh you know, this is not as you could guess. It ain't gonna come cheap. Uh, yeah. Those are, those like those, especially with the wacky box. Uh, so I saw the the good the big box. Uh, now at this listing said complete in box, but I didn't check to see if the shirt was in there. Uh, it's there's one for sale in the USA right now. Boats are 145 bucks. Takes mm. that to the house. You can get the discs for 15 bucks if you just want the discs. So get this. Uh, I looked to see what these have been selling for to see if they were going for 145 bucks. Uh, the big box has sold for someone got one for 46 bucks. I don't know if it was complete. I saw one sell for 101 dollars, and I saw one sell for 123 bucks. So these things aren't going cheap. Uh, I did see the normal size narrower box uh, go for 60 bucks. So even even the smaller box is. Uh, not cheap. Boasting. Well, this this has the this appeals to multiple groups of people. You got your Amiga fans. Yeah. You got your Psygnosis fans, and you've got your fans of that awesome like seventies sci fi novel uh, cover art. Yeah. Because this yeah, is this is a great example of that. Um, you know, so, I, I even I even looked for uh, Atari ST or FM Towns uh, versions of this because every once in a while you can get a, uh, an Atari ST version of an Amiga game. It's the exact same box, just different discs, a different sticker. You can get it real cheap, uh, but not this time. I didn't see any of, neither one of these games were selling. And I will say, FM Towns games and Towns Marty games, I don't care. It could be tic-tac-toe. They're selling for $18 kabillion. You know, another thing about this game is that you definitely get your money's worth in terms of length. Like, uh, we're watching a playthrough right now. Uh, This person is playing the game pretty much perfect. And uh, it takes you over an hour and twenty minutes to get through all the levels. Yeah, so. there's eight worlds. So <laughs> yeah, and there's even hit. There's even that manual hints at hidden, hidden places you can go to get hidden stuff that aren't that are off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. So Lord only knows what kind of secrets are stuck in here. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, always interesting to hear, uh, of course, what you think, Aaron, but also what our what our listeners think. So big. Uh, thank you to all of our Discord members that week after week post reviews. We really enjoy hearing those, and we encourage any of you out there that are listening that are part of our Discord community to please post a review because I always enjoy listening to the different viewpoints on these games for sure. Right on. Aaron, as we move on towards the end of the show, um, I want to talk a little bit about the high score challenges that have just finished up here on um, on our Discord channel. Uh, we run uh, Discord, or we run high score challenges on both the ZX Spectrum and the Amiga. Right now, on the Amiga side, uh, we have a competition going on with Pipe Mania, and the competition has been fast and fierce. It it actually just um, 
had passed me by immediately. I thought I was pretty good at this game. It turns out that I'm actually really horrible. Um, in fact, I have the, the last place score uh, by far. Um, right now, currently, oops, I just made you disappear there. Currently, um, I am in very last place. And uh, we've got uh, Frodo NL, uh, first place, 35, 351,000 uh, score on Pipe Mania. Z9, K9 in second, and Barkbit in third. But we have, uh, we've got almost, we got nine competitors so far. If you are a Discord member and you want to jump in on the Pipe Mania score challenge, you've got one more week before the announcer or the winner is announced. So jump on in there and uh, and, and make it happen. There's uh, some real hot shots at our Discord. Dude, these, these guys don't, I mean, these are some top, top level players. Yeah, yeah. And then there's us. That's right. That's right. Um, and we also have our ZX Spectrum, our Specky High Score competition, which just wrapped up last week. Um, our last one was uh, Street Hawk, uh, and so Street Hawk uh, Z9 K9 drove his motorcycle to freedom uh, with a score of two hundred forty-nine thousand. Uh, he was the winner. Um, I'll go ahead and pop up since this has just ended. Uh, we'll take a look real quick at all of the scores. Uh, Steve Rasmussen got second place with a score of 114,000. Uh, and Pixels at Dawn coming in with the bronze, 96,000. Congratulations to all who competed. Street Hawk was a real fun game. Um, this was one that I, I you know, I, I never watched the TV show, but I thought that the, the Spectrum version was was pretty fun. No one watched the TV show. Mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my Unamiga upgrade so I could because I don't like emulating this stuff. I want to actually play it on the Unamiga, so I'm looking forward to actually getting it on there. That'll be good. That'll be cool. I'm going to get it on some of this stuff. Cool, cool. Uh, and uh, the current, the, you know, like I said, that this this high score challenge just ended. Death Chase is the next game on yeah. the list for next month. So uh, feel free to uh, jump on in and uh, record a score for Death Chase. Speaking of jaw dropper, that's another one. That's one of the first things we put on the specy, and I was just like, man, look at this. That was awesome. Awesome yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of awesome people, Aaron, I want to thank uh, our buddy who has left us. This is. Um, uh, Codes for Food is his name, and he has left us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, and I will read it thusly. He says, as a former Amiga owner, I've missed my beloved computer for many years. I was so happy to stumble upon this team's Amiga-centric podcast. I've been listening to it since episode one. It might be a little rough around the edges, but the amount of uh, information they throw out each, and for some reason the rest of it didn't get copied... <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that he likes our show. So thank you, Codes for Food. Uh, sorry for not getting your, the the full review on there, um, but uh, we do appreciate anybody to uh, that that has a chance to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. They are the driver of uh, of podcast traffic for right now. Um, but wherever you listen to us, if you listen to us through Spotify or any other platform that you can leave us a review, we, we really would appreciate it. It really helps uh, us appear earlier in the search results, as it were. So thank you so much, Codes for Food. Now, Aaron, we got some Twitch subscribers that we need to be thanking because they help keep the show going. And we got some new ones. A bunch of new people jumped on this week. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. Uh, we want to kick things off with Still Adolescing, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Jost80, Lamatsta, 
Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Roshi MSX, Frodo NL, Retro Jerry, Great Owl G, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Christian Russell, Byte Links, Jigglebox, Go to Go Sub, David Z Naz, Real Joe the Zombie, Old B Sturgeon, Chris Folds, Buck Owens, Wing Chun Wolf, Pints and Amiga, and Uber Scuba Diver. Um, we uh, just a reminder that if you subscribe to us through Twitch, um, send me a message however you wish. John at AmigosPodcast.com. I can get you in on the Discord because everybody that subscribes to us on Twitch gets that same benefit. Uh, Eat your hookup. Yeah, and uh, we want to get you in on the community. Um, Another thing we should mention, Aaron, is that uh, we have a new podcast on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. Pixel Guide In has joined the fray. Uh, Cody and Mark, Eric... I don't know why I call them Mark. Good old Mark Eric. <laughs> Good old Mark Eric. Cody and, and Sanctions Eric. Sanctions in there. Um, in Sanction, they do a twice monthly show that's sort of a, a round table. They've got discussion topics. They talk about games they're playing. They do a beer review. Uh, it's a good time. It's a totally, you know, one of the things that I like about our network is that each show is just a little bit different. And, um, and we're very, very proud to uh, have them join us. And um, you can check out Pixel Guide in on our Amigos Retro Gaming Network feed. Uh, it is should already have popped up on your feed. Um, if you're looking for something new to listen to, you can't go wrong with Pixel Guide in. Yeah, let me let me speak on this just for a moment. I've been listening to these guys since the very first episode, and I've, I've always been a big fan. And one of the things you get from these guys now, these dudes are out in California. Yeah, West uh, Coast attitude over in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got it's an it's a it's a West way east west combination there mm-hmm. and what they do uh is they've got all kinds of great segments but they they uh, uh they look at stuff that's not they they sort of are they're younger than us and they sort of cover stuff to, that sort of we don't ever talk about like not just retro games but retro inspired stuff that appears on the switch or or a pd or a sort of like new release games on the c64 and the spectrum they also cover they cover the Coco Spectrum the MSX. Uh, they they are always picking up new systems, and so there's a wide variety of, of topics on there, which is a lot of fun. They try out a, a couple beers every show. If you're in the, the whole beer scene, they and and they cover some real obscure weird beers, uh, both and. Uh, they do a lot of uh, different sorts of segments. They always talk about the new stuff they've bought. They seem to endlessly get new stuff, but it's kind of neat to hear what they do. They do a little bit of repair stuff. They talk about mods and upgrades. So there's, they don't really uh, cover a lot of different bases on that show. They're super, super entertaining. And I'm, I'm tickled pink that they're uh, on our network now. It just makes me so happy, uh, along with uh, Flack. Uh, I just love it because we're—it's a gathering of just my favorite shows, <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out great. I just love it. So welcome aboard, fellas. We're so happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Uh, let's see. We do want to thank you, Aaron, for suggesting this game, the Amigos Game Selection Committee. Well done. Um, and uh, our Patreon song challenge last week, uh, we had multiple winners again. Uh, continuing no on with the Top Gun theme, we're rounding out the Top Gun theme with last week. We did Take My Breath Away, Danger Zone, and that uh, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. So I thought I'd do a little theme month. You know, they call it Sept Top Gun. And so I just thought I'd fit into that. 
No one calls it that. Everyone calls it that. So, uh, Pixels at Dawn, Jason Warns, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, Mitsuyama, Jigglebox, Pac-Billy, CBM Nut, and Bernard Lucas. Congratulations, you are all winners of the Patreon Song Challenge. Excellent work, fellas. Good job. And ladies, and or ladies. Um, so, um, this week, we've got a new Patreon song uh, coming up. Uh, if you know it, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner. Heavy Systems Inc. Bundy, Frag Lord Mark Byland, Olaf Hopermski, Jonah, a.k.a. Simulant, Jeremy Jones, Ethan Little, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calbert Boy, Lane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass. Roshi Frodo in El Sol Incisor Tech Mage Jurgen Mr. Cola Daniel Williams Bernard Lucas Jerry Dennington Zorg Lub Commodore Kid Reflection Simon Ledge Captain Crispy Kilobytes and Caffeine Gary Heather Free Lunch Kathar David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, 10 Mid Amiga, Retro Cast, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew Simon, Rose Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig Shonzo, Bachbit Rollenberg, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leif, Kalan, Alan Kebab, Chekote, Level Low, John Marshall, Matthew Pell, on Ricky DeRosha, Creepy D, Dead Boy, Figgy C, TZ, The Slow, Norris, Stefan Sword, God Mortensen, Ed Van Helen, Blando 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vebke, Adam Battersby, Old Brines, Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Taste from the Crib, Josh and Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humbert Stad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Repulsive. I bet you knew that one right away, right, Aaron? I thought you stubbed your toe for the first couple verses. <laughs> Next week, Aaron, we're going back to the well, the Spectrum Well. We've played this uh, on our Sinclair before. All right. Hasifa suggested this to the game selection committee. We're going to be playing Lords of Chaos. Oh, yes. Well, good. At least we've dipped our toe in the pool on this because this is a pretty complicated one, as I recall. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, before we go, just a reminder that we do record the show live every Friday at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we'd love to have you join us on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. It's always a party in the chat. You can join such fine folks as Pixels at Dawn Gaming doing an awesome job moderating. We got Amiga Live, 
Archfan5, Atten Barkbit, Bitstorm, Buck Owens, Cobrain, you know, Cobrian, uh, Commander Root, Comula, You're Brent. Dave, Vel- Dave Velociraptor, Deep Feels, Edvin Helland, Figgy78, Frodo NL, Hermski, Eltron5, Jason Warns, L. Curtis B., Mitsuyama, Olav Hope, Picard2010, Romastino, Rob O'Hara, Still Adolescing, Taishinti, Treyguard82, Vigoral Pros, Wing Chun Wolf, and Z9K9. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us live at Amigos yeah. uh, in the chat. We really All star turnout. It. All star turnout. Big turnout today. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Amiga Live. If you want your name sung, you got to pay up, buddy. That's why that's that's people pay the big bucks. Oh, God. How much does it cost for you not to sing the names? Maybe I'll double it. That's it's triple. It's triple. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you later. Later on down the line. Uh, next week, Lords of Chaos. We'll see you then. Until then, adios. adios.